So we've been trying to think of a uh, nickname for Jameson. Um, he, he's got a couple. Uh, one of those is Kevin. Uh, Jay Breezy is another one that he's always gone, he's gone by for quite a while. Uh, recently, he's tried to get us to call him Kanye. Um, <clears throat> tonight, as he was speaking during the, during the welcome, I think I have come up with a nickname for him. We're going to call you Charles. It's in Charles Haddon Spurgeon. We're going to call you Charles, and that's going to be your nickname. Uh, uh, he sounds more like Charles Spurgeon. I sound more like Charlie Brown. So it's uh, a little bit of a <laughs> juxtaposition of, of people here. So um, I was having a bad day today. And for whatever reason, uh, I have a bad day. I tell you all about it, right? I don't know why that is. I think it's maybe so you can say, you know what? Everybody has bad days and everybody has struggles in their life. And today, um, it was. I, I started out with a... Uh, a phone call at about 7.30 in the morning, I think it was, and no, 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 it was 7, um, and, and it was to discuss some things going on at work, and just, it's been a real struggle with my work, and I've kind of shared some of that with you guys a little bit, but uh, just negative attitudes and people being down on other people, and um, that's just a difficult thing for me to deal with. I can deal with the work, I can deal with, I mean, I've got thick skin, I can deal with criticism, that sort of thing, just negativity is hard for me to deal with every day. So anyway, so I was kind of having a down day, and I started thinking about prayer, because for me, uh, the first thing I, I think about anytime I face some sort of difficulty or struggle, or maybe it's even an emergency situation, uh, I, I think about prayer. I really do. Um, I'm not saying that to be boastful. I'm just saying that, that that's the way I'm wired. I just, I just think immediately, well, I have to take this to God, and I have to talk to Him, and I was, I was thinking about, you know, the Lord's Prayer a little bit. And I was thinking about the fact that it says, Thy kingdom come, you know. That's the King James Version, right? So I don't know about you and what you know about the, the Lord's Prayer, but I, I memorized the King James Version. The reason I did that is because that's what we said in band. Uh, we, uh, <laughs> am I right? Tanya's like, yeah, uh-huh. Uh, so before we went out onto the field at Oxford High School, we would say the Lord's Prayer. And that was kind of something that we were known for. And our band director at the time said, as long as I'm here, we're going to say the Lord's Prayer before we go out there. He says, if I'm not here, that's because I probably stood up for the fact that we're going to say the Lord's Prayer before we go out on the field. And, and it's just something we did. And we said the King James Version. And, uh, you know, and that's the only official version because that's the version Jesus used. So, but, <laughs> but I got to thinking about it. And in there it says, Thy kingdom come. And I in, in my mind, I'm like, you know what? There's some days that I go through in life, and I just really think, I, God, I just want your kingdom to come. I'm just ready for you to return and take us all away from here, and we just go be with you forever. That I'm just ready for that to happen today. And I know that you've been there at some point in time. You've probably had that same kind of day, and maybe it was today. I don't know. But there have been times when I was like that. And so I started thinking about the Lord's Prayer, and I started thinking back to us saying the Lord's Prayer uh, in the band room back in those days. And and I didn't really get it then. I didn't really get the Lord's Prayer. I said it, and I even memorized it. I didn't really get it. Um, I was a Christian, but I still, I just said the words. And, and sometimes I think our prayers are like that. We just say the words, and we don't really think about the gravity of who we're talking to and the gravity of the words that we're speaking. And, and, and I know that there, there are churches and there are denominations and, and there are Religions where, where they're very liturgical, which means they, they believe in just saying things. You know, they recite these certain things. And sometimes they have creeds or whatever. And, and, 
And sometimes the Lord's Prayer is part of that, where they just recite the Lord's Prayer. And, and I, I had kind of a mixed emotion about that because I started thinking, like, I don't want my prayers to be like that. I don't want my prayers to just be a recitation of something that I memorized, you know. But then I started thinking about, well, I'm kind of glad that we did that back in, in the band room that day, you know, back in those days. Because now, as I really think about the Lord's Prayer and what it means and what it means to me, I have those words in my heart. I have those words in my mind. And God uses those things to bring those up in my mind over and over again. Um, and, and, that, and this morning happened to be one of those days. We're going to talk about the Lord's Prayer uh, this evening. Uh, it's Christmas time. You know, I, I got to thinking about this, too, is that here it is a week before Christmas, and I'm getting all down on the world, and I'm just ready for Jesus to come back, you know. I think it's a good time for us to just talk about the Lord's Prayer, to talk about prayer, to talk about what it means when we say these words to God, to our Heavenly Father, I think that we need to recognize just how precious of a gift it is to be able to pray. And like many things in life, I think that we just go through the motions a little bit and we don't recognize just how precious it is. Like saying or singing the Star Spangled Banner. Um, one of the things that uh, that drives me crazy, and I won't even go into kneeling during the Star Spangled Banner. I won't even go there because that makes me fighting mad. But but people that don't really show reverence during the singing of uh, the national anthem, um, it's it's a very cool thing for guys to do because they don't they don't want to be they don't they don't want to put their hand over their heart because that's not cool looking. You know that that's not macho enough. So they like to stand there like this sometimes. Um, and, and people all the time are like looking around and they're not looking at the flag and it just kind of drives me crazy. Uh, if you ever are standing next to me, you know that I'm going to put my hand over my heart. I'm going to look at the flag um, because I recognize the gravity uh, of the people that have sacrificed their lives for our freedom. The fact that we can, we can be in the country that we're in and have the freedoms that we're, we have. Man, so many people have died. And as I'm looking at that flag, that's what I'm thinking about. The sacrifices that have been made for me. People that didn't even know me, and they died for me. And I, I think about that. Now, I, I, I don't want us to be people that just say things, to just go through the motions without thinking the, about the gravity of what we're doing and what we're saying. Uh, so tonight I want to talk about the Lord's Prayer a little bit. It, it, so in, in, in some religions, it's, you know, it, it's uh, some denominations, rather, it, it's kind of, Important for them to say the Lord's Prayer. And, and a lot of times when you get several denominations together, they can say the Lord's Prayer together. Now they'll go back and forth on, you know, uh, trespasses or sins or debtors or debts. And, you know, there's like a little bit of translation issues. But they'll get together and they'll say the Lord's Prayer because it's like a connecting point for a lot of Christians, right? I think it's important what Jesus says as he's talking about the Lord's Prayer that it's not just... It's not just something that, that you're supposed to say. Um, he gives it, he actually says in here, he says, I will just read this to you. When you pray, don't babble on and on as the Gentiles do. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again. Don't be like them. For your father knows exactly what you need, even before you ask. Pray like this. And, and so he says, pray like this. Some people, are, they think that that means that they've got to pray this prayer. And really, Jesus has just given us a, 
an example. My, my interpretation of that and what I see in that as God's word says, I really believe it's just an example of how we're supposed to pray. And if I look at the entirety of scripture, what do I see? I, I, I see God talking about the heart. He's constantly talking about the heart. He's constantly talking about really what it means to you. Who are you on the inside? Not what do you say, not what do you act like. I'm, who are you on the inside? When you lay down at night and you look up at the ceiling and you think about who you are, who are you? You know? And I think, I think when Jesus says, pray like this, I think he's saying, look at the heart behind your prayer. The heart behind your prayer should be like this heart. You're supposed to have this heart as you pray. So we're just going to look at it for a little bit tonight. Our Father, I so desperately want to say the King James Version. Uh, our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. Jesus starts out in this example prayer for us by acknowledging the Father and the fact that he is holy. Hallowed be thy name is what the King James Version says. Hallowed be. You understand that there's a deep, deep reverence for the fact that the Father is holy. To be holy means that he is set apart, completely different, completely different than anything that we know. That we have a concept of God in our minds sometimes, and whatever it is that is something that we've made up in our minds, is so we can't even begin to wrap our minds around who God is. His motivations, his desires, the things that he does, and why he does the things that he does. I mean, like, like all we can get is this tiny little glimpse through his word about who he says he is, but our feeble minds are not even capable of understanding who he is. I mean, it's like looking at an iceberg. We can just see the tip top, you know? Uh, It's amazing to me that the more and more I study God's word, it's like the more and more I can can see of God. I I think that I've grasped God a little bit better. And I recognize that it's kind of like chasing a rainbow. The closer I get, the further away it feels like that I am because every time I get close, it feels like there's so much more for me to learn, so much more for me to understand about who God is. And sometimes, especially uh, in our human brains, we, we think of ourselves so highly. We think that we can begin to comprehend everything there is to know about God, that we can begin to understand the mind of God. And, and for me, as I talk about what, what this says to me as I read the Lord's Prayer, I'm just, I'm just a man with a, with a tiny little glimpse of, of who I know God to be. And this is my own perspective of what I think the Lord's Prayer is really all about. But even Jesus, talking to his Father, acknowledges the holiness, the hallowedness of God's name. The fact that he is so completely unique. And I, I think that one of the things that is so profound about that is the fact that you are talking to this God who is beyond your comprehension, who exists in the past, present, and future all at the same time, who knows everything there is to know, who has created everything that we know to be in existence. Every person that's ever existed, he knit them together by hand. All of this, all of this that, 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 that is this God And we, as human beings, mere mortals, get to talk to an immortal God who has existed before there ever was an existence. 
Do you, do you think about that when you pray? I know sometimes I don't. I know sometimes I just go through the routines. I get up here on Sunday mornings and I'll pray like 10 times during the service. And I don't think about the fact of who I'm talking to sometimes. I don't think about the fact that, man, this, this, this God that I'm talking to, he deserves to be revered. And this, this prayer is not like most of our prayers. Our, our prayers are usually about us. Or, or we, or even the church a lot of times. This prayer is like almost like pledging allegiance to a king. Acknowledging who he is. And, and, and this prayer is not about us. This prayer is about him. And, and it just kind of, as I was reciting it today in my head, and, and chills washed over my body because the peace of God was just kind of walking me through today. I started thinking about, man, what does this prayer actually say? And what, 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 how, how I am speaking to God when I pray. And what Jesus says, I mean, about his father being completely holy, completely hallowed, completely set apart. And we get to pray to him. And that's the first thing that Jesus acknowledges in his prayer. And he goes on to say, may your kingdom come. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So here... Um, Notice once again that it is your kingdom, Father. May your kingdom, your will be done here. Remember we talked about uh, several weeks ago, we talked about the kingdom of God and it is God's rule and reign over the earth. It is his rule and reign over everything that we know to be in existence. It is his rule and his reign inside the context of your life. That the kingdom of God is really his rule and his reign. And here... Here we're talking about God. We're saying, God, as you rule and you reign in heaven, may that be the case here on this earth. Now, one of the reasons that, that we don't like surrendering to a king is because we here, especially here in America, have had some uh, bad experiences with kings, right? We, we, we've had kings that would send taxes upon us and and we didn't like that, so we threw a bunch of tea into the, the ocean, and then, and then we said, you know what, we're done with this, and we shoot a bunch of fireworks. So we, we don't have a lot of good experience with kings, right? Why is that? Why is that that we kind of have this aversion to kings? Because there aren't any good kings out there. That if you are a king and you have absolute rule, you will absolutely become corrupt, because of human nature, because of who you are, if you have absolute control, absolute rule, and whatever you say goes, you will become corrupt. And therefore, we say, no one person deserves that much power. And that's what we did here in the United States, by the way. We said, you know what, we'll divide the power. No one person needs to have that power because it is not good for one person to have that power. Well, that is not true if you have a good king. He's the only good king. He's the only one that can have supreme rule, supreme reign, be supremely just and supremely good all at the same time. He is the one good king that we can trust. And we say, your kingdom come. See, this is where I, I kind of, we get this mixed up sometimes because people want to say, all right, God, your kingdom come. We think about that in context of, of Jesus returning and setting up his, his earthly kingdom, a new heaven, a new earth and all that. But what, what's being said here, it's not that. 
is saying, God, in the hearts and lives of people here on the earth, may you rule and reign in their hearts and in their lives the same way you do over everything that is in the kingdom of heaven. May we supremely submit to you. May you have total control over us. May we understand our place in your kingdom and may we totally submit to you and may you have complete, total rule and reign in our lives. So when I was thinking in my mind that I just want Jesus to come back, really what Jesus was showing me is that he's already back and he exists inside my life. He is no further away than the center of my chest is what David Crowder says. No further away than that right there. And and, and for me... What I needed to do was kind of check myself and say, you know what? I don't need Jesus to come back. I need to recognize where he is in my life and the fact that he has supreme rule and reign in my life. And that is the only way I will have peace. That I don't need to be waiting for the peace to come. I already have it. We pray, thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Not my will, Father. You're your king. You are the king. You are the good king. Whatever it is that I want, take it away. And God, put in whatever it is that you want. The only way I want for my will to be done is if it just so happens to align with your will for my life. Do we pray like that? Do we pray, God, you do whatever you would do in my life. And God, if it just so happens that my my desires line up with yours, then, then may it happen. But if it doesn't, may you take it away. May you destroy it. May you burn it. May you grind it to powder. Whatever it takes, God, to take that away so that your will can be done in my life. It's heavy, isn't it? This isn't a light prayer as you recite it. This isn't just some words. This is pledging allegiance to an almighty God, an almighty king. Whatever it is that you would have done, King, that's what my desire is. He goes on to say, give us, oh, I could probably talk about this for ages, but I'll just say a few things about it. Give us today the food we need. When's the last time that you prayed, God, the only thing I need today is whatever food that you provide for me? More than likely, our prayers are much, about much more than that. Father, I need this, I need that, I need this, I need this to work out, I need this to be in place, and I need, I, I, I need this and this and this and this. And Jesus, praying to his Father, says, Father, just give us the food that we need today. He doesn't even say tomorrow or the next day. He says, just give us the food that we need today. To sustain our lives, understanding fully that if we have food, if we have anything to eat at all, it is because God has provided it. If, if, if we have any food whatsoever, that God cares for us physically, he sustains us, he holds us up, and he's the one that provides our sustenance. He's the one that, that provides our ability to, to go on each day, to be able to, to get up and to move the, the, next, the next movement. It's because God has given it to us. He's the one that puts energy into our bodies for us to go forward. And here, there's, there's this acknowledgement. God, just, if you, if you would, Father, please, just give me what 
I need to sustain me for today. I'm not worried about tomorrow. I'm just worried about today. And God, if you will just give me enough to make me live today, that will be enough. Do our prayers sound like that? Our, our, our prayers are usually about 10 years down the road, right? They're, they're about you know, six months down the road or a week down the road or whatever. God, I need you to work this out. I need this. I need that. And, and, and here, Jesus is talking to his followers. Says, the only thing I need, and, and we'll kind of summarize this a little bit. The only thing I need is for your kingdom to rule and reign on this earth, and I need you to give me food for today. And then he goes on to say this, and forgive our sins. As the good king that he is, as the almighty God that he is, he is the only one that has the power to forgive sins. He is the only one that has the ability to offer forgiveness for your sins. You understand that every sin that you commit is a, is a sin against God, it's a it's a complete diversion away from what God has said to be true, and it's us rebelling against God. It's, if you will, it's the spitting in the face of Jesus that was done right before he went to the cross. That every single thing that you do, man, when you're not in complete obedience to God, it's just a rebellion against God. And the only person that has the ability to forgive that is the one true God himself. So, Father, the only thing that we need... The only thing we need is for your kingdom to come, for food for today, and for you to forgive our sins. Forgive our sins. When is the last time in your prayer that you said, God, just forgive our sins? Even if you didn't have some sin that you committed that day, I'm talking about in general. Father, forgive our sins. Forgive our sins. You're the only one that has the power to do that. You're the only one that could send your son to pay the penalty for our sins. Therefore, you are the only one that has the ability to forgive our sins. And may we be representatives of that forgiveness. Listen to what he says. He says, as we forgive those who sin against us. This is a pledge of allegiance, if you will, to this king. And he says... You have the power to forgive sins. We acknowledge that. We acknowledge the fact of what you did. He says, and we're going to be representatives of that forgiveness. Because we're going to forgive those who sin against us. We're, we're, we're going to reflect your image and the fact that as people sin against us, we too are going to forgive them. Here, Jesus is showing us to pledge allegiance and say... God, I will forgive people just like you forgave me. It's the calling on my life. As you reign and rule supremely in my life, I, I, I submit completely to the idea of forgiving other people. Mostly, I think, in my life, I just pray because somebody's hurt me in some way and how it's affected me. And what it's done to me and how I feel about it. As, to, as opposed to saying what Jesus is saying here is, may it all be about you, Father. May it all be about who you are. 
So when someone sins against me, instead of making this about me, I'm going to make it about you. And I'm going to forgive them because you forgave me. Do you see the gravity of what's going on here? Do you see the difference between our prayers and, and, and his prayer? Our prayers are so much about us. His prayer is so much about the Father. Don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. And, and some of the manuscripts, he goes on to say, For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. A little bit of a difference in some of the manuscripts, and that's the reason you see it in the King James. You don't see it in some of the other versions. That's fine. Bottom line is this. First thing it says is, God, it, it, okay, let me say this. First of all, there are times when God tests you. There are times when God puts you through fire so that you may be refined. That's, that's the reality of God. And, and Job is a perfect example of that. When he came out on the other side of being tested by the fire, he was closer to God than he had ever been. That God has these, these things that he allows us to, allows to come into our lives to, to refine us and purify us and test us. And those are great things. But if we don't submit to God in the midst of those things, those things can become a temptation for us and we can rebel against God. The difference between a test and a temptation is how we respond to it. How we respond to it. Whether or not our response is about God or whether our response is about us. If our response is about us, it will become a temptation. Because as, as we are led into these situations in our lives, may they not be temptations, Father. May you lead us away from the idea of these being temptations and recognize that there is a supreme rule and reign that is available to us and we might walk in that, walk in that light and it just be a test of our faith so that we might be closer to you as a result of it. You see the difference? You see the difference when it's not so much about you and it is about him? Protect us from the evil one. There is an evil force in this world. There is a prince of darkness that is here. Constantly trying to do more than anything. He's, he's constantly trying to do one thing in our lives. And that is to corrupt our minds to believe something that is not true. He, he's constantly trying to impress upon our minds something that is just a slight variant from the truth. So that as you... Proceed down this path of believing something that isn't true, you'll begin to believe more lies and more lies and more lies and more lies. And as I read this today, I got to thinking about the lie that I was, I was in at the moment. The, the lie that I was in at the moment is, is the fact that I, I had in my mind that this situation that I'm in with my work, that honestly, truthfully, if I step back and look at it, really isn't that bad. That the lie that, that, that I've been told and the lie that I'm believing about that is the fact that this has some control over me. The situation is what's ruling and reigning in my life. And that is a lie. That is a lie. There is only one thing that should have rule and reign in my life. And that is the one true God and his truth. That should rule and reign in my life. Not the lie that I'm being told right now that this situation has power over me. I had in my mind that the only way that, that, that this would go away and the situation would go away is if God's kingdom would come. That if, if he just 
come down and, and wipe everybody out, and there'd be, you know, blood everywhere, and, and we'd just take out everything evil in the world. The reality is this. As Jesus talks to his father, he says, pray from your heart and acknowledge who he is. Make your prayers about him and what he is doing and recognize his rule and his reign in your life. That's where freedom exists. So when you think about the struggles in your life, when you think about the things I just want to pray about, and I'm not saying you can't take your needs before God because we're supposed to, with prayer and supplication, make all your requests known to him. I'm not saying that you can't take your needs to God. What I'm saying is that if you really want freedom, if you really want deliverance out of the situation that's burdening you so bad, pray that God would show you truth. Pray that God would deliver you from the thoughts in your minds that are really just lies. Pray to God that you recognize his rule and his reign and his ultimate authority and the fact that he is a good king. Pray to God that he will give you just what you need for today. That I don't have to worry about tomorrow because, God, I'll pray tomorrow and you'll give me what I need tomorrow. If you really want peace in your life, pray like Jesus prayed. Father, thank you so much for this precious word. And God, thank you for the trials that I kind of faced in my life today. Though they were not big, they were not significant, Father. I thank you for them because today that brought this word to my mind and to my heart. So I praise you for it. So many times in our life, Father, we look at things and we don't see you in it just because it looks like it's, it's devastating to us. Father, I pray that we would not be like that, that we would see you in every situation. We would pray for you to rule and reign in our lives in such a way, God, that we can acknowledge you in everything. God, I pray that we would see just how good you really are. God, that every single day of our lives, we would recognize your holiness, your perfection. God, that you cannot be corrupted. God, that as you have ultimate power, supreme rule, that God, you're still a good king, full of justice, full of mercy, full of goodness. So Lord, today I pray for the person God, who is struggling, they're hurting pray for their freedom and I pray they would find their freedom in you God you are holy hallowed be thy name Lord you do the work in people's lives right now may your kingdom come into people's hearts and lives at this moment may you bring peace that only you can bring and may our prayers be about you in Jesus name